It's another beautiful sunny day in Davos, Switzerland, and Travis and I have just finished a series of interviews with some of the people here at the Crypto HQ House, presented by Decentranet and Bueno Capital. In this episode, you're going to meet a number of these movers and shakers in the blockchain space as they share their projects and visions in brief interviews. There's several feet of fresh powder on the mountains, so enjoy the view. Well, you can't see it, but we'll enjoy the view as you listen to episode number 78, the Davos Digest Edition of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Mr. Travis Wright, this is a cool space we're in right here. This is a cool space. Um, for a lot of the interviews that we were in, you'll hear some different noises uh, from different ambient sounds of people talking around us. And then some were very quiet because we were stuck in this hall, this yeah. really tiny hallway for a, the greater portion of two days, which sort of felt like it was a little confined. Go to your corner. Yeah, go to your yeah. corner. Well, sit there. Don't talk to anyone except people we tell you to. You know, this whole town is transformed, and this house was put together by uh, Decentranet, of which um, we are advisors for Decentranet, and in partnership with Bueno Capital, they brought us out here so that we could do these interviews and uh, meet with a number of people. Um, in this house, it's it's three stories that are active. There might be another one up the fourth. I don't know. I don't think I saw any more stairs, but the bottom level um, has got the entry and a dining area really cool and chic and then you go up the stairs and then there's a back office area but the front area has the alpine lounge where there's a, a really nice aesthetic um you know bunch of sofas mm -hmm. we had three or four interviews in that particular spot mm -hmm. but then it started getting really loud and people were um not not really caring that we were doing a podcast yeah, no. They're like let's talk loud and let's have a phone call right by you they so. cared not um and then there's a bar mm -hmm. uh, which they've been pouring many many drinks in this room that we're in is right next to the bar and there's literally no one in here right yeah, now nobody, except uh, mr us, joel commons just, just it's a, this is our room this is our room deal with it and then you we go growl at people if they come in meow <laughs> <laughs> You go up the stairs to the third level, and that's where the the room is where the speakers are. And there's about 60 chairs in there. And uh, you guys already heard Bad Crypto Live. That's the stage we broadcast from. In fact, yesterday, um, I filmed a video of the um, the whole house, and I will put that up in the Facebook mastermind group. So if you guys want to tour and can be able to put visuals to it. That's right. And if you're not in the mastermind group, what's uh, wrong with you? You don't get to see it. Yep. You'll see nothing. Because we're exclusive. We're not inclusive. We're exclusive. Bad code. Well, we welcome you as long as you me, answer yeah. the questions. Yeah. So many people don't answer the questions. They don't get in. Every single one of them gets turned away. Yeah. You have to answer the questions. And the most important question. They're probably Russian bots. <laughs> the most important one is, do you agree to read the rules of the group? You know, we want to keep the group useful and it's helping. We're trying to keep the douche juice down. We still have some people are saying, what do you think of whatever coin and that's it and there's no context to it they don't add their own thoughts and we don't want that type of you know what do you think of what do you think of it make yeah. the, make a post tell us what you think put some context in there you know a paragraph of your own thoughts or yeah. some information We'd like to encourage coin. critical thinking not uh, me too robot stuff going down do not be like the Travbot 3000 yes i think you should do this so go and do this don't be like sophia who uh, you guys in the mastermind you'll see there was a post travis made that we were going to interview Sophia, the AI robot, but what did that turn into? Turns out Sophia is not really AI at all. She's pretty dumb. In fact, every single question that you ask her now, she can, I think she's, I think she's less intelligent than, than Siri or Alexa, really way, way less because she can understand what you're saying. 
kind of, but she has these programmed answers that she has to answer. And if you don't ask a question that she's been programmed to answer, then she's not going to come up with anything on her own. Yeah, it's so, like, Siri, what do you think of fiat currency? I like to go outside and enjoy the sunshine. You know, it, it's, yeah, there's nothing so, there. So we had a ton of great questions of, by the group. I think we had 150 comments or something on that post of people wanting us to ask, uh, her that and so we tested it out we were in a green room and we were asking her questions and she literally could answer none of them and we were like screw this we're not going up we're on not, stage and, 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 and ask an interview in this so we had somebody else go up with their stupid scripted questions but we did have a stage show and we had a full room oh, that was and great. it was it was a lot of fun and so that was the first of what i'm sure we'll and be you know that because you heard last episode yeah pretty much probably. many bad crypto lives to come so anyway this episode is a little different in that we sat down with i don't know there's six to eight i can't remember how many there are but there's 68 short- of them it's, it's amazing <laughs> they're shorter interviews 20 seconds with each person yeah <laughs> And so you're going to hear um, some a variety of different things, projects. You're going to hear from you know an author. Uh, you're going to hear from those that are already in uh, you know having existing coins. You're going to hear from some that are going to be doing ICOs in the future. A couple that did ICOs in the past. Yeah. So uh, let's jump into the Davos Digest edition. Here we go. Lots of initiatives happening in the health and blockchain space, and we are privileged to have with us a crypto chick. She's she's a cat, but she's not a crypto kitty. Ah, which, ooh, which is good. So fancy. Her name is Cat Kuzmeskis. I nailed it. And she's with simplyvitalhealth.com. And welcome to Bad Crypto. Thank you. Thank you. It's nice to meet you guys. Yeah. Happy to be here. That's what you say now, but after a few <laughs> minutes here. We're going to brutally, brutally oh, just drill you with questions. Like, horrible. for example, what is Simply Vital Health and how does it work? What's the deal? Yeah, that's I mean, a- what is the deal with Simply Health? <laughs> it's a really tough question. So uh, let's just dive right in. Uh, so we're creating a healthcare safe blockchain protocol. So what that means is my background is in healthcare. This is a bit blasphemous for those of us in crypto. So I apologize. But in healthcare... Uh, they're nervous about Bitcoin, their blockchain. They're nervous about the Ethereum blockchain because of scalability and security reasons. So if we want to get to a point where we're doing really cool decentralized applications in healthcare, we need a blockchain that's safe for them to adopt. Crypto yeah. is never having to say you're sorry. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's just, it's just that's not. a song. Crypto's never. I'm not going. I'm not going there. You were going. There. I was you going to, but then, going I forgot, then I forgot what the words were. <laughs> Okay, so how are we making it safe and, you know, to be able to say, hey, the water's warm, mm-hmm. come on in, this is going to be for everybody's benefit? Yes, great question. So what we're doing is we're taking, uh, the end goal is we're taking Ethereum, and we're creating a fork, and then we're using what's called HIPAA compliant validators. So HIPAA compliance is a globally recognized standard for security and healthcare. And what this means is that any digital healthcare company, a hospital, a physician, you, if you decided to run your computer and become HIPAA compliant, could serve and power our blockchain. I'm, I'm HIPPO compliant. <laughs> I'm okay at the zoo. You're good at the zoo. <laughs> the animals. Love the zoo. Nice. <laughs> so you're forking Ethereum. Mm-hmm. Why did you not call it Healthereum? Well, yeah. well, there is actually. Is there a Healthereum? There is a Healthereum. Uh, yeah, we it. just heard about them. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm not quite well, sure. Well, they can go to hell theory. <laughs> <laughs> Screw those guys. I don't like them at all. Unless you guys want to be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so we, you know how when there are styles in your house that go 
out of decades, like out of style. Mm-hmm. We're trying to not be that. So I kind of feel like token, coin, Ethereum, anything mm-hmm. could potentially go out of style in a while. That's and then true. we're stuck with the name. But why are you forking Ethereum rather than just building a token, an ERC-20 token on it? So that's a good question. So we're starting with... Do you notice that every time I ask a question, it's a good question? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't say that when you... That's, that's, good. that's okay. <laughs> so we are starting with an ERC-20 token first. And the reason why is because to build the nodes, we need to make sure that there's enough so that we can have a, a balanced system and then we'll create our own token. Um, but it's more around scalability and security. Uh, we don't want to be affected by crypto kitties when we're trying to mm-hmm. govern access to healthcare data. Yeah, because it only took over the whole blockchain. Yeah, well, it makes a whole lot of sense because if you want, you want to basically own the highway, mm-hmm. and you can't control if Ethereum is HIPAA compliant, mm-hmm. but you can if you fork it off and make sure that it's HIPAA compliant and then secure and built on on top of that. So, um, how far along is your technology right now, and what's the timeline for it to be fully fully baked? So, we are one of the first revenue generating healthcare companies. And we started with a very practical implementation of blockchain. So we gained revenue quickly. Uh, we gained some equity backers like Yale University. And that first platform is very practical, easy implementation that will eventually sit over our protocol. So where we are right now is we have that revenue generating platform, API call to the blockchain, receipt hash function. And then we have what we call a key pair system, which is what governs access to data. Uh, we are focused on healthcare data, but you could actually do this with any data. And then from that, we'll build the actual protocol. That entire timeline, we're looking at about a, a year to a year and a half. And then will this culminate in an ICO to bring in the offering? So we're currently in our token sale and we're in our private pre-sale. It's what, January? So private pre-sale in January. And it'll culminate with the release of tokens that you can use for that key pair. We already have utility. So if you had a token right now, you could use it. You could go to our GitHub. It's open source. You can play around with the data. He has the Joel coin. The, I do. Oh, yeah. perhaps. We, it's on the Waves platform. There's a million mm, of them, and I've mm. not done anything with them. But we also have Bad Coin, oh. which we've given away to almost 2,500 listeners. Mm, so it's still a coveted token. Um, if by worthless you mean coveted then yes it's highly coveted limited in stock it well yeah it is limited mm-hmm. where was this going i don't know. i'm not sure i'm not sure where it was <laughs> you going. said i had joel coin for that's some, true well, that's we were talking like about yeah. our token yeah because it's really about them it's not about <laughs> us why do you always make it about us <laughs> who's joel we're bad we're the bad crypto podcast we are, we are so bad good. so your token sales happening mm-hmm. and is this is then considered a utility token mm-hmm. so that certain regions may participate. That's correct. So every single transaction on our protocol requires our token. The key pair system in order to give an access to data requires the token. Uh, so it's true utility, just like Ethereum has Ether for all of their transactions. Well, that's great. So where can people find out more about you and where is your community, you know, you know, communitizing on, on the intertubes? In the interwebs, intertubes. So we are, are simplyvitalhealth.com. But then our token sale site is tokensale.simplyvitalhealth.com. The majority of our community sits in Telegram, growing every day. Yeah. Uh, it's just a pretty... They're just sitting there. Yeah, There's... just sit in Telegram. Yeah. In Telegram. In Telegram. <laughs> the files are in the computer. That's amazing. You just blew my mind, Mr. Joel Com. I love Excellent. that. Can well, I see the blockchain? <laughs> yes. Nice. It takes certain pharmaceuticals to be able to see it but we i actually want a necklace that's a chain that just has a block at the end of it and i'll just walk around like a rapper 
I yes. actually, I, w- I have a book title inspired by this conversation as we were talking about the, the different nodes that mm-hmm. are out there, a biography of somebody who's, who's coding, they could call it a code in my nodes. <laughs> D's nodes. Yes, yes. Cat <laughs> uh, Kismeskis with simplyvitalhealth.com. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. You know, there's little that's more important around the world, especially in developing nations, than having a healthy infrastructure so that the society can function, right? You know, from power to roads and bridges and, and everything in between. Clean water. That's like a, that's one of those things that's really big in your world for sure. With it, water is life. Foundation. Water is life. Yep. Uh, so uh, the guest that we have here in this segment, his name is John Cronin, not related to Kevin Cronin of Ario Speedwagon, by the way. And he is the president, El Presidente of BuildCoin Foundation. And these guys intend to help solve this problem and build better infrastructures using blockchain. Welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast, John. Right, thank you very much. You sure, you're, you sure you're not related to Kevin? I'm not. No. You sing People first? have asked we, that before. We, we no. want to hear you sing. No, no. Can you burst into Take It on the Run? No, but I take don't have, I don't have run, a good voice. Baby. Oh, I'll let you guys go. <laughs> no, none of that. No. You got a no, mic, though. You got a I mic. got a mic, you but I'm go. not going to sing and embarrass myself. <laughs> we could do bad crypto karaoke with some people one day. So, bad uh, crypto let, Let's. I, I only kind of touched the surface of the problem, but why don't you go ahead and explain why uh what the problem is that you decided we need to have this foundation okay yeah so in- infrastructure affects everybody's lives every day if you're in a developing country as you said it's clean water it's electricity you know in developing countries they don't they don't have what we have and then in developed countries infrastructure is you know transportation you know people are sitting in cars more you know dealing with awful traffic uh, smart cities you know so amazon when they're going to build their second headquarters they actually had cities bid on you know who's going to be the next headquarters the number one criteria for amazon's headquarters was infrastructure i still think they should bring it to denver well it's on the list and you have good you have good infrastructure we have infrastructure. we have mountains and i still think they should bring it to kansas city because we're literally right in the middle of america that's not going to happen we have google fiber it's not going to happen well dc's you all shut your face, dc is also know. on there so i think atlanta is where they're leaning right now so. okay so we're talking infrastructure how important it is going so the problem with infrastructure is we all you know, know we need it, but it's very difficult to bring it to market. Uh, it's basically, you know, these are large billion dollar construction projects. And in, you know, one of the problems in developing countries is lack of transparency. There's a lot of corruption. There's a lot of fraud. So, you know, and, and the money typically comes from the developing banks like the World Bank, the Inter-American Development Bank. And their biggest concern is that the money that they invest disappears. So you need to have transparency into where that money goes. And that's so one of the components of our solution is managing the payment process throughout the supply chain and actually providing data and transparency so you can make sure that they're minimize the fraud, provide data to be able to do that. But the probably the biggest thing that we do is like in the United States, it takes 10 years from idea to actually it being shovel ready for the project. And, and in the last financial crisis, Obama talked about having shovel ready projects. Trump now has trillion dollars to spend in infrastructure. But the problem is it takes 10 years to bring that to mind. I could have my shovel ready in 10 minutes. Like say, I'm going to, it, I need my, to shovel my driveway. I go get the shovel. I'm ready. You know, some people here in uh, Davos, they needed to get their shovel. I mean, on their roof. <laughs> right. <laughs> so much going on. I talk about infrastructure in Davos. Look at all those people sitting in their cars. No joke. Hours. Oh, no gosh, joke. What a nightmare. That, that was, that was yeah, crazy. We haven't talked about that really at all on this episode, but for those who, missed it we had what five feet of snow in davos while we were here the sun's out now and unfortunately the roads are clearing but it was a parking lot 
literally it would take you to go a mile a couple hours across. We were able to walk. We had to walk back to where we were, and you have to have these little spiky things on your shoes so you don't fall down. But we literally walked blocks, and there was no cars moving. Like it was seriously a parking lot, which is crazy. So I want to ask you this. So um, Joel and I, we were up on, on stage yesterday. We did the Bad Crypto Live. And one of the things that I mentioned, it was a news article. And, and uh, we were talking about how the U.S. is going to start using blockchain to be for transparency and efficiency, right? Just sort of the things you were talking about. Sure. Because even in a first world country, I mean, uh, the the study came out from the University of uh, Michigan that there's $21 trillion missing from 1998 to 2015 and from the U.S. government with Department of Defense and all these other welfare things. And like, where did it go? Right. And so, and that's, that happens a lot in these, in these third world countries where these, you know, where the, where the, where the governments are just like, oh, thank you for those billions of dollars and maybe we'll give some of it to the to the roads or whatever so that blockchain and uh building that out i think is something that could be really huge and it's not really a question more so as a statement of like wow once you said that i was like ah that really makes sense so how are you guys going to be able to uh to activate that all right so it's, it's funny you mentioned that so there was an article in the, i believe is in the new york times recently where in New York City, they had one of the most expensive um, lines of subway ever built. And one of the reasons it was expensive is they actually found that there were people that they couldn't account for that were being paid on that project. So there's definitely all this money being spent, but they couldn't even find the people that were getting paid on that for that subway. So there's a lot of waste, a lot of inefficiency. And that's in the United States of America, in New York City. So imagine when you get into Nigeria, you know, Brazil, other places like that, there's a lot of this money that's, that's disappearing. So we're, you know, as every trend, so when somebody does work, the work is verified, the money is released, and there's an audit trail that shows what happened and where the money went with the net Imagine entity. That. That's, governments are going to hate that. Well, <laughs> well corrupt ones. Corrupt, well. ones. corrupt yeah. ones are, but, you know, even in the, you know, so, we're, so we just got a, uh, we just signed a deal with uh, the government of Sao Paulo for probably about a billion dollars of infrastructure projects, and they're actually lighting, lighting the streets in Sao Paulo. There's been a big energy crisis there, right? Well, there's been, well, like there's a, been a lot of corruption. Like, the last yeah, three presidents have been indicted for stealing money from infrastructure projects. <laughs> so the, the, you know, the governor of Sao Paulo wants to show that he's being transparent and showing that they can do this transparency because the citizens want to see that. They, right. They're sick of it. This is how you end up with you know twenty thousand dollar toilets, right? You know to, to be put in. The money goes from here. You got your graft, and and everybody's got their hand in the pockets. Uh, great. Well, as we get ready to close out on this, I understand you've got an ICO that's coming up in June to support the growth of the foundation. Let's just talk a little bit about. Yeah, coming that. out in June, we're we're doing a, a private raise right now. We're raising money under a SAFT agreement, and then we're going to do an ICO in, in June, and that's going to be out of the Bitcoin Foundation in, in uh, Zug, Switzerland. Excellent. BuildCoinFoundation.org if you guys want to know more. John, thanks for joining us. All right. Thank you very much. Glad to be on the show. Being here in Davos, I've got to say the time change with you flying around the world, uh, you're lacking some energy. <laughs> that that is, that is true. I was just actually talking to uh, another gentleman about that. And it's like, you know, when you fly from Kansas City to San Francisco, then Singapore, Thailand back to Singapore, Dubai, then here in now Zurich and Davos. That's like, I've lost a whole day. And so my body's like, what in the hell? Where did it go? But that's that's a different kind of energy. Though. It is a different kind of energy. And the one we're going to talk about here in this segment um, is about blockchaining real energy, solar energy, wind energy, right? The energy that powers our lives. And we have with us Dan Bates of Impact PPA, impactppa.com. And uh, he's setting out to change the world. And uh, we're going to see if he can do it in five minutes or less. Dan, welcome to the show. 
Hey guys, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Tell us a little bit about Impact PPA and what you're doing. Okay, so Impact PPA and the PPA in the name stands for Power Purchase Agreement. Typically, that's what's uh, a contract between parties that gets things done. So what we did is we started Impact PPA with the idea of bringing wind and solar products to developing nations around the world, folks that aren't connected, folks that don't have a banking relationship, right? The unconnected, the unbanked, and using the blockchain, we're now able to provide energy to folks around the world on a pay-as-you-go model using the blockchain and on delivered on a mobile application. That's how they bank anyways. If you ever have been to Africa, you understand what happens in Africa. Many, many countries are using M-Pesa right now. It's mobile platform. It's currency on a cell phone, and they can buy goods and services that way. Well, now they can do the same thing for electricity. Mm -hmm. So they sort of they trade minutes as actual currency in, in a lot of those countries, right? It's, it's it, yeah, yeah. They they can trade minutes. They can you know use fiat to purchase credit. They can do whatever they need to do to conduct their daily lives. Mm -hmm. Right now they can do it for electricity. You had a really interesting use case where you bought one one token of energy or something and it was like 60 seconds worth of energy right. and there's like some place in india where the light comes on and we you can literally watch it in real time and that's pretty fascinating so you can determine how much energy you need when you need it etc cetera, etc cetera. how much energy does uh, does people use typically in some of these third world countries? you know great question and we're going to learn from that right they want power they want the things that we take for granted. They just don't have access to the energy that will enable that. So you see a lot of companies trying to put light in a hut in Africa, right? All sorts of methods of doing that. Well, they want that light. They also want a computer. They want a television. They want internet connectivity. They also want pizza in the hut. That's the next project that we're working on. <laughs> you deliver know? pizza to third world countries. Pizza on the blockchain. Yeah. <laughs> so you're you're actually doing this now. This is uh, I you you demonstrated for us yesterday. You showed here. Look, I'm going to buy this one unit in Haiti, and then right. I'm going to show you. Um, we've got a webcam set up that shows that here there's that energy delivery. Here's that block. Right. Well, see, that's that's a working demo, if you will, the the instance that I showed you where we have a live webcam set up in India, we have it set up in Haiti, we have it set up in the United States as well, so that you can buy a unit. In For the case of the demo, it was a minute. No one's going to buy a minute of energy. They're going to buy a day, a week, a month, whatever they need. That's how people will be billed for it. Typically, these folks in these African nations, let's say, or in the Caribbean where their energy is being drivel, driven from fossil fuels, they're paying 50, 60, 70 cents a kilowatt hour. You guys in the United States are paying 10. I can deliver them renewable energy at a fraction of what they're paying now delivered on the blockchain and give them access to it on a cell phone. That is, that is a monumental game changer for people who don't have power. Absolutely. Yeah. And you guys are doing a lot of good stuff, helping out people and uh, getting their energy in, in unique ways. So you, you're getting ready to do a pre-sale for your ICO that's coming up. You want to talk a little bit about the token? What is the token name and what is the uh, the deal around your ICO? The token name, the company name is Impact PPA. Our base token is called an MPAQ, M-P-A-Q. And we've recently opened up a pre-sale. It's got a $7 million cap. It's offering a 50% discount to a target price of $0.35. Cents. That's open right now. We're filling it up quickly. If any of your audience members want to learn more, they can visit our website at impactppa.com. 
The goal of the company is to get through the pre-sale as quickly as we can. We're already filling it up, which is great. And then get to an ICO in early April. We're going to do the ICO when we're ready. We're not going to push to get, you know, to that mythical target of, hey, we're going to raise $100 million. You know, I'm going to do it when it's right. I'm going to build community around this thing, get people involved who want to see a social impact, a real impact. And I would welcome people to visit our website later on in the week when we um, commission our, our first installation in Haiti. 150 kilowatts is going to be serving 17,000 people who have been without power for two and a half years since Hurricane Matthew. Unlike Puerto Rico, it's been six months. They need it too. We're going to grow into that market. That's beautiful. But the pre-sales open. Real world solutions of blockchain, right? Guys, if we said this a zillion times before, and we'll say it again, it's not about the Lambo. It's not about the moon. It's not about the, uh, the, how quickly your investment, you know, uh, gains in value. It's about changing the world by solving these problems and and helping people helping you know impact these people these lives that really need it is there a community a telegram or somewhere that uh, people are? Uh, we're setting up a telegram channel please look for it uh we'll advertise it or promote it off of our website but our website is impactppa.com and of course you know you can follow us on twitter Right on. So this is a utility token. Yep. So this would be available for U.S. citizens as well. Uh, that's in discussion right okay. now. The GBD. token itself has a ton of utility about it. Uh, the regulatory landscape is kind of slippery right now. So we got to see where that ends up in April. Right now, the pre-sale's open. So take a look. It's slippery like the roads in Davos that are all right. icy sheets because of all the the sludge from the snow that then melts every night. Yeah. 5.7 feet of snow. That's insane. Dan Bates, Impact PPA. Uh, good luck with your project, and thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Mr. Travis Wright, there's all these companies and governments all over the world that are trying to seize the blockchain opportunity. But let's face it, there's a lot of moving parts here and pulling it all together is hard work. Yeah, that's true. And actually, my co-author and I, we've, we've done some consulting with uh, some countries that are trying to create sovereign blockchains. And so I am not your co-author. You're not way. my co-author. My co-author, Chris Snook, he, he was actually on a few episodes ago at the World Tokenomic Forum. That's right. A conversation. But yeah, this is, a, this is a topic near and dear. There's a lot of companies and a lot of countries out there that want to build their own uh, blockchain. They want more transparency. They want better efficiency uh, and uh, better tracking for their finances, right? And so mm-hmm. what better technology than... The blockchain. The blockchain, indeed. In fact, we're sitting here in the lounge at Crypto HQ in Davos, and we are joined by Mr. Rick Willard, who just left the stage, uh, gave a talk. He is the founder and CEO of Agentic Group, agenticgroup.com, also the acting CEO of Global Blockchain Technologies at globalblockchain.io. Welcome, sir, to the Bad Crypto Podcast. Thanks, man. How you doing? Glad you're here. Enjoying so, yourself? Uh, yes, it's been a lot of fun. And we saw you, you know, we're sitting in the lounge and, and uh, there's a TV in here because we're doing these interviews. We didn't get to hear your talk. But tell us a little bit about what you uh, spoke on today. Right. So I, I started in this space in 2011, 12, 12, actually. Uh, and I had the first think tank in digital currencies called Mint Combine. And we talked to a lot of people and got kicked out of a lot of offices because uh, we didn't care what we said and figured out that what people really were reacting to in this space is value. Not only the creation of new value, a creation of new wealth, which is the minor part of this movement, but a, a reevaluation of, of, of humanity itself and the value that we place on people and things. So 
we get a lot of crazy reactions from people. Uh, we said, hey, guess what? You know, Bitcoin might be you know, more important than the U.S. dollar. They'd say, thank you, please leave. And uh, all that kind of good stuff. They don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that. Uh, but also, it, it, it spoke to the heart of your value system. If you say the Internet of Value, you're not just talking about cash, right? You're talking about the things you find important. You're talking about the things you, you find within your family, your friends. Your, you know, what, what do you believe in? This is the real revolution that's happening. We can create value and do good things with new forms of wealth creation, not wealth redistribution. I don't believe in that. I believe in new wealth creation. I do believe in that. I believe in that too, by the way. Yeah. I'm we, good with we, wealth When we look at the space, it's, it's about extruding value out of what we call transactional sort of being anyway, right? Mm -hmm. We're always transacting anyway, but now we can actually can monetize those little tiny things that we do, like what we're doing right now, guys, right? In the space, in a lot of countries, even a lot of the third world countries, you know, there's a lot of corruption in some of these governments, right? And we had somebody else on that we were chatting with earlier on this on the same episode about some of those things that go down. I think it was the BuildCoin conversation, and uh, they're helping build infrastructures in different, in different uh, cities. How does the agentic group you know, work with, with some of these governments and whatnot to help them build a better blockchain, to build a better system, to create more accountability. How, how does that work? What exactly do you guys do? The first that? thing you have to understand when you work with governments, especially, or any incumbents, is that they don't really want you. They don't want to be transparent. Right. They make their money on being opaque. They um, could care less about, about only if it makes them money, then they'll figure it out. So much corruption in so yeah. many governments, not just third world countries. I mean, we had a conversation about this where there was a report that came out last year by the uh, some the University of Michigan, where they said in some in some counts that they, they that they've the analysis they've done, there is most likely twenty one trillion dollars missing from the u.s government since 1998 to 2015 that's a lot that's a lot of graph that's a lot of opaqueness we don't know what's going on right no clue no clue i don't know that's well some people know some people some, some people are like here's the yeah, yeah the reality of, of life is right that there are probably like a thousand people who know half the story right who have a little bit of that take and then they're you know whatever the, the full picture is always sort of opaque right but the i think to, to get to your to your point which is an important one Value is based and money is based, I think, business, on plugging up inefficiencies, right? You want to send me money, but I need a bank. Why? I need a bank because I need a, a third-party uh, trusted system to, quote-unquote, to, uh, to make sure that when you send that money, it's going to be there when I need it and I get it, all right? Yeah, well, you know, it turns out that Knights Templars were, were pretty good at that kind of stuff. Uh, Medici's were pretty good at that kind of stuff. But it's unnecessary in a wired world peer-to-peer -peer transactions actually unlock different sorts of value, and that's what we have to get used to. And that's how we have to shift our values as human beings. I don't care where you come from. You're wearing a KC hat, man. I might not like KC, but actually, oh, say that. I, like, I like the business you're in. I like you. You're a pretty nice guy. You know? Sports ball does kind of divide us in a lot of ways. <laughs> like, oh, man, you I didn't like say I didn't team? like oh, KC, boom. by the way. I didn't say I didn't like. I'm yeah, just yeah. saying I might not. <laughs> right? So, um, you know, this, this direct sort of escrow and value transfer. It's taking us back to before the Civil War. Um, and I made the point upstairs that before the Civil War, we had 10,000 plus currencies in the U.S. We had municipal value. We had store chits. We had all kinds of stuff. 
right? And you could talk to each other. Neighboring cities or towns could talk to each other, and they can trade those back and forth if they wanted to. But you couldn't trade from New York to California, right? I actually have a I have a stack of different uh, dollars from all over the United States that were pre eighteen sixty five. They're really cool. They're all like, and some of them are really big, and some of them are like really small, and they're all like sort of IOUs, and they're different. Th- it was really wild how you know one hundred fifty years ago the, the way currency was. I didn't sure. know there was that many. Yeah. City of value propositions where tokens are now uh, the abstract that and it's not even as abstract as the USD, let's say, right, in terms of value placement, but it's actually tied, tethered to actual value and production for humanity and not just trading paper, right? This, this is a great time to be alive, Rick, because you know what? I mean, you, you touched on a point of, of wealth redistribution, and that's that's not going to work. The, the wealth creation is so huge. And what I've noticed from from being in this space now, Joel and I have had this, this podcast now for a little over six months, and I, I, I mined first in 2010, and uh, I lost those on a laptop, and that's a long story, and people make fun of me. But what's interesting about this is I found that people are so generous in this space. The old guard seems to be more stingy and all greedy and me, 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 and we need more power, more money, more power, more money. But in this space, we're all like, man, how can we all ships rise with the tide? And we're entering a world from my ex, you know, from, now I'm a marketing technologist and I've done a lot of analysis on emerging technologies and with AI, machine learning, all 5G and all this stuff that's coming, there's going to be automation. There's going to be so many jobs that are displaced over time, whereas new jobs are being created. So there needs to be this new wealth creation because there's going to have to be some sort of living wage that is paid to certain citizens and with that you have to have more transparency you have to have a better systems trust more efficiency network. better trust networks because of some of these third world countries they're just hoarding the money and everyone gets hosed i mean how how do you have a country like venezuela that has more oil than god and they don't even have gasoline to be able to pump in their yeah, car yeah that's pretty pretty amazing right right yeah that was not a question more than a statement. It's, it's just it's, amazing yeah. the times no. we're in. By the way, something really interesting as we're sitting here on the monitor is a graphic that goes with the current session, and it says blockchain for good. Yeah. You know, and that's what we're, we're talking about here is all coming together and, like, how do we harness this technology? And so, uh, Rick, you, you meet with governments, you meet with companies, and you step in there, and you just kind of lay down. Here's, here's the truth of what needs pretty to happen. Pretty much. Yeah, I, I try to keep the bulk factor pretty low because there's a lot of that in the space. In, in, our, in our view, a community is an ecosystem, and every ecosystem is an economy. We try to extrude the uh, inherent value of any kind of uh, value-based operation at Agentic Group. Now, at Global, it's a public company. So we basically basket, <laughs> basket currencies, and we you know, uh, invest in, in, uh, in companies and ICOs, right? So we invested in Kodak Coin, great American brand. I was happy to be a part of that, really happy to be a part of that. Um, I think it's going to save that company. Uh, and it's going to be, as a distressed asset, a real glowing vision of what actually is possible. When you have a brand with, you know, that means something to photographers, serious photographers like Kodak does, it still does, against all odds. It's still a strong, strong brand. It, it, it persists in our, in our mind. Yeah, and I'm not here to hawk them. What I'm saying is oh, that's the kind of stuff I like. Yeah, can you maybe explain that to our audience a little bit? Sure. Because I know that there's we, maybe some people have read some articles about what the Kodak coin is and what that. And there's people going, ah, ha, ha, everybody's getting on the blockchain. But, I mean, if you think about it, from my perspective, when I first heard it, I said, ah, uh, 
there's so much copyright problems in the world, right? Yeah, and it's like, right. if you could put these images on the blockchain, like I took this photo and now you're sharing my photo all over the place. Well, then I should get some tokens because you're sharing my photo, right? Yep. And so is that is that the premise of the code? Pretty much. Well, you have CR, I mean, you have your digital rights management, your DRM and your payment rails on the same blockchain, right? So this is a Corbus killer. This is a Corbus killer. I mean, Kodak's got killer? The Corbus. 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 The digital oh, yeah, yeah. rights. Or Shutterstock. Mm-hmm. Or whomever. Shutterstock. Take, take gotcha. your pick, right? Yeah, yeah. Whoever's. Getty. Getty. Get, they're the ones that if you have one image, you know, that somebody sent you that might not have been yours, they send you this awful letter that you owe us thousands of, of dollars. Oh, yeah. And that's part of their business I was at a model. company where that actually happened, where they were charged, I think, $11,000 for having some web picture on their website on a blog post that had, like, I don't know, 100 views. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Thanks, Getty. You see, yeah, that's, that's the craziness of the space. So we have real-time payment rails that are fractionalized so that if I, own, I can own now an eighth of a photograph, right? And on the blockchain, that can come directly to me. Nice. So and, Joel Com and I take a selfie with someone, and they're like, oh, we should get, we should get tokenization on that. We, we, we could, just got tokenized, Mr. Travis, nice. right, with Badcoin. Really exciting. I'm really happy to be a part of that. Um, cool stuff. Yeah. Well, thanks, Rick. That's Rick Willard, founder and CEO of Agentic Group, agenticgroup.com, and also he's the agenticgroup.com. Agentic Group. Agentic Group. Let's say it like five or eight it's times. Agentic. Agentic Group. Agentic. How did you come up with that name? Agentic. Agentic meaning proactive and acting with agency. Uh huh. He uses Very big nice. words. I don't understand. <laughs> agency. It's a big anyway. word. It's a huge word. <laughs> thanks, Rick. Appreciate it, man. That was awesome. Thanks, Joe. Great stuff. Thanks, dude. Hey, good to meet you guys. Being here at Davos for Crypto HQ, Travis, we've run into some people that are just really been deep into the blockchain space for some time. And uh, we're sitting before a guy who's been writing about blockchain for four years now. And that's like blockchain when it was... That's, you know, like, bar- that's like 75 years in blockchain time. <laughs> yeah. Blockchain was still like a fetus at that point. You know, it was barely... It was an embryo. It was a zygote. <laughs> it was an X and Y chromosome coming together to make a baby technology. <laughs> His name is Dennis Guarda, and uh, he's the founder and CEO of Zetudium. Uh, he's got a lot of other businesses here. You guys can go to his main website at intelligenthq.com. And he's got a new book coming out on blockchain and crypto and AI. And welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast. Pleasure to be here. A huge fan of you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. So what's the name of the new book that's coming out? So the book is called Blockchain, AI, and Crypto Economics, The Next Tsunami? Question mark. So maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I think exactly. you have to read the book to determine that, I guess. Yes. I assume the book is about <laughs> blockchain and AI and cryptonomics, right? So what is your background and what sort of led you to want to write about this particular topic? I have a background both as an author and a teacher in business schools, but as well as an entrepreneur. So I've been creating, as you mentioned, a lot of companies. I think probably the most well-known in the crypto world was Humanique, uh, which I left in October, but I created and I was the first CEO. That's a uh, coin, Humanic the coin? Yeah, HMQ, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not, not Humanic the TV series. Yeah, no. not Humanic the, um, the healthcare business. Humanic no. the dessert topping. Not Humanic the fashion show. No. Wow, there's a lot of humanics. No, this, those, this, we this, just this. made all those up. Okay, that's cool. Because <laughs> we're bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then um, I'm as well creating a new, I can mention that it's still very early days, LifeSide, that is um, a very ambitious project in crypto and blockchain for healthcare and, and data. 
Um, and he's a search engine, so it's called LifeSci, but that is in the future. But coming back to the book, I think the idea is that uh, as a, someone that has been on the industry for a long time and actually I've been advising, I created actually a bank before and in 2012 between Africa and Asia. And one of the things I've been learning is that, uh, well, technology is always evolving and the same with financial and trends and all this stuff. But what is important is to create value and to create uh, very concrete ideas that can actually change the world, but as well the technology and the, the, the money and the investment side. And the, this book is a reflection precisely about the three foundational technologies of our time. And of course, uh, when it comes to blockchain, I think is the main foundational technology because it touches everything. Well, if it becomes the way we speak about it. And then, of course, AI, because artificial intelligence right now is the bread and butter of everything related with technology data. And of course, cryptoeconomics, I think, because it, it became right now a new way to look at the global economy and finance. And I think at the moment, you cannot dissociate anything that happens in business or finance or investment without touching these three things. And the book is reflecting about this. Well, the title of the book ends with a question mark, but I have a feeling that you don't, it's not really a question for you. So tell us, where do you see uh, blockchain, especially this technology, impacting the world overall? And how quickly do you think this transformation that we're just seeing hatched is going to take place? Well, actually, my question is definitely a question because I think we have two... I want it to be a statement, dang it. No, no, but I, I want to... Your I wanna... assumptions, Mr. Joel Kahn. <laughs> I want to be provocative. The, the book is provocative because I think there's two directions to go. So, and I think what you ask is quite a big question, but I think the blockchain technology is already operating the biggest disruption in the history probably of mankind, and at least in terms of short-term disruptions, mostly because if you look at um, the world economy, the world economy is around 80 to $85 trillion GDP, but the depth is around $300 trillion. And then if you look at the quantity of equity, trading, stocks, and all derivatives, we're talking about $700 trillion. So we have a systematic massive problem that is the basis of the, the, the... But then if you go to crypto, so crypto rates on its peak, and right now it's a bit lower, $750 billion. So if it continues this direction, it goes to $1 trillion in the next couple of months which I think will will get there. So then it will become a substantial part of the world economy. So that is the first disruption of blockchain technology. So it's not just blockchain, it's the crypto part of blockchain because you have to separate the blockchain technology and the crypto part of that. So I think that in itself is already a massive disruption. And I think the first part of the disruption is the fact that all the VC industry right now became into crypto. So crypto is bigger than the VC world. So that in itself is a massive statement. But then the technology itself is completely in its inception. So, but if you look from a crypto perspective and crypto economics, you cannot stop it. Christine Lagarde, and she's here probably in IMF, she said that governments have to look at cryptocurrencies and we are part of the industry. We are creating this. Mm -hmm. So in my case, I come from a conventional actually education and uh, finance background, working at big banks and actually advising, actually creating banks and actually creating crypto is kind of schizophrenic because I, I came into crypto because of the blockchain technology. So to your point, I think the question mark is that we have two directions to go. One direction is a positive development of blockchain technology and crypto that can actually decentralize the economy in a positive way and it can actually create a lot of value. The wrong direction is the one that, that's why I call it tsunami. It's a, a direction can actually destroy the paradigms that we have at the moment. And if it goes to the wrong ends, especially if you put blockchain technology and artificial intelligence in a totalitarian regime, 
you can have one of the worst. Very bad. Worst yeah, absolutely. Done. A dystopian sort of society. Exactly. Especially when you're combining that with AI and all this other type of stuff. So the book is called Blockchain, AI, Cryptonomics, The Next Tsunami, question mark. Let's talk a little bit about AI. We only have a couple minutes left, but I'm curious. So the combination, because I'm a marketing technologist, right? So like that's where my mind has been. And then with the emerging technology, I'm you know sort of moved over into blockchain here with Joel creating this this really bad crypto show. And But what about AI and blockchain? Like how do you foresee them working together? And what kind of new innovations can we expect to see by the combination of those two uh, technologies? So I'm very positive, although the book is very, it talks about the risks. So I think the most positive thing for me from a technology perspective, and I come as well from a both fintech and marketing background. And so it's kind of I have the same background of you guys, but probably with the financial on the top of that, is that I think the most interesting part for me, and that's why I create LifeSci, is the, the relationship between smart contracts and AI. And I think that is going to make mostly the biggest disruption because at the moment, most of and if you're talking from a marketing perspective, the marketing data is based on creating data of users, of uh, entities and everything else. And this data for now is, is completely centralized, but as well, we have very big difficulty to clean it, to find the right information, to extract the gold of, out of it. So the, co- the smart contract technology can actually create a, a paradigm that can actually shift all the digital industry and actually all the business in the world in the sense that can actually create a, a segment of identity and trust. And that's for me, that's the most interesting thing. But if you apply that to the AI, that means the smart contract technology and the AI together, of course, there will be a lot of evolutions mm. and it's not kind of be black and white. You can have something very cool in the sense that uh, the smart contract with AI can actually start cleaning the mess and at the same time creating an efficiency in terms of data, in terms of trust and in terms of ID. And that's kind of the biggest paradigm shift of, of the present stage of mankind. I guess one final question. When is the book uh, due to be out? So actually, it's going to be during February. Uh, I'm going to do a global roadmap uh, to, to launch this roadshow. And uh, it's going to be both uh, in ebook and in print. And it's going to be around 300 pages. It has a lot of... Uh, that's way too many pages for our audience. We're the bad crypto... They know how to read. No, but it has a lot. No, no, no. It has a lot of images. Oh, there's a lot of pictures. Okay, good. We're really good at pictures. Very visual as well. We we did a lot of data visualization, visual uh, infographics, and stuff like that. Dennis Guarda, thank you so much. Go check out his book, guys. His website, intelligenthq.com, and good luck with your new title. Thank you so much, Travis. I don't know exactly how many words are printed in all the books and all the libraries in the world. But let's just suffice to say that there is a ton of content out there. And wouldn't it be cool if there was a way for all those different institutions to share that content on blockchain? Yeah, because a lot of these, uh, a lot of these books and texts are not digitized. They are a lot of times, in some cases, they're one ofs. There's only one that exists, and you know, if it's in one library, then all the other libraries in the world don't really have access to that. And so, there's a lot of great knowledge and wisdom that is very confined that mm-hmm. people don't have access to. You know what else? There's only one of. There's only one Mr. Joel Com. Yes, and one Travis Wright, but there's also only one Jenna LaPushner. She is the business development person, business development manager, vice president, CEO, director. Boss? She, she does biz dev. She's the for, biz dev boss. Yeah, right, for EdChain. Uh, EdChain.io stands for education, and they're going to try and solve this problem. Welcome to Bad Crypto, Jenna. How are you? 
Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, those of you who are hearing the show now might remember Jenna was one of the participants in Bad Crypto Live when we did Name That Crypto. That was great fun. Yes, it was so much fun. I had a great day. You were like, boop. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> so Ed Chain is not a guy's name. No, Ed Chain is not a guy's name. <laughs> it could be. There could, I'm going to check LinkedIn right now and see if that is the case. Edward Chain. Edward Chain. Edward P. Chain. So, so I have a question then. So how does Ed Chain work, right? So blockchain, knowledge, wisdom. Uh, I, uh, so what is the premise and, and how does the process of the whole thing? Because it sounds fascinating to me, but I'm, I'm curious how it all works. So Ed Chain is an open source decentralized library of classes that you can share for different applications, different organizations, kind of like the Wikipedia of educational classes. So classes, not just text and books, right? Classes. classes. Okay. That's, that's actually a killer elevator speech right there. Killed the interview. What? what? A killer elevator speech. That is good. I don't want to kill the interview. We're just, I know. Be nice to her. She's a really nice person. I She's know she is. Chick. Don't and, kill her. And she wants to do good stuff. That's good. So, yeah. so, so, Ed why are you being so violent? Absolutely. Uh, so tell us, tell us a little bit more about Ed Chain. There's a few reasons why it's something that we think is going to really help the world and transform education. Uh, one, it lowers the cost. It provides a repository for educators to publish their content. And because no central servers are needed, using encryption, content producers are able to provide and monetize across platforms and institutions. This increases revenues and allows for the cost to go down for students. So how do you uh, how do you roll this out? How do you get schools, universities on board to play? We already have 20,000 open source classes that we'll be launching next month. These are open source classes with MIT, Columbia, different universities. Heard and of them. we already have bytedev.co where you could learn Python and JavaScript as an intro class. So is this sort of like Udemy or edX or some of those other platforms that we're sort of blockchainizing that process yeah. where some of these, these universities can, they're, they're video streaming their, their classes and then you can go ahead and take their classes. What I found was a problem because I watch a lot of those and that's, you know, it's like I get a lot of free education. But my question is, is, is that actually degreeable? Like if I'm, if I'm going through classes through EdChain, do I get credit on those, like on a transcript or anything? Yes. So we will have an EdChain token that you can use to pay for your classes. We'll also have a hireability score. So employers can actually see your progress and the classes that you've taken and the different certifications um, that you've received, graduate degrees, things of that nature. So it will have all of your LinkedIn and you can actually be able to kind of grade yourself. Employers can grade you. Sort of an open source university. Yeah. Exactly. O exactly. OSU. OSU. Open source. I don't know that the good people of Oklahoma, of uh, Stillwater, or Ohio, would, State. Or Ohio State would like that, but tough for them. So where are you at in, um, in the process of rolling this out? So we will be launching next month. ByDev.co, you can go and you can use it now. We already have a community. What was that website again? ByteDev.co. So B-Y-T-E-D-E-V.co. B-Y-T-E-D-E-V.co. Very nice. We already have a growing worldwide community of 25,000. Oh, excellent. Very that, nice. That sounds like a great so project. where would be the best place for uh, people to connect with EdChain? Because you guys are going to be doing an ICO, is that correct, coming up in the next 
couple months, next month, yes, some yes. months? Uh, we'll be having a token coming out this year. Okay. And the next steps is really growing our network, getting people on our site, getting uh, people on Byte Dev, taking classes. Yeah. Take Very a nice. bite really out of growing education. our partnerships. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it used to be take a bite out of crime. Remember? No, okay, rough. rough. We're going to take a bite out of education. Jenna LaBushner with EdChain.io. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. Travis, would you loan me some money, please? No. All right. Well, I'll, you... Loan, you, I'll loan you some bad coin. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, but I, I, you know, I, I need lots of interest back on it because that's how they do in the fiat world. They create money out of thin air and then add lots of interest on top of it. And you got to pay money that didn't even exist. And, before. and now we have a debt of how many trillion? Yeah, lots. See, it makes that makes it you know that kind of economy makes it more difficult for consumers to get the money that they need, right? And so uh, that's why our, our guest here, Mark Diana, the uh, CEO of PrimeChain.com, you're going to try and solve that problem, aren't you? Yeah, we are. We want to facilitate consumer lending on a global basis. That's our mission. And so how are you going to do that? So we'll start out by creating what's called a universal credit profile. That'll be the first big step to take. So a UCP. A UCP. You yeah, got you it. You know me. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so the, a consumer, a investor will be able to quickly understand on a risk adjusted basis, the credit profile of a consumer to know if they want to offer that consumer money and at what rate they should offer it and how it'll work from there. How's that tied into like the current credit score system? It leverages the current credit core system. So we're not trying to circumvent that. That'll be a signal in to the consumer's profile to understand the credit worthiness of that consumer. It's mm -hmm. not the only signal. You got to understand their employment. You understand their tax records and other data sources of that nature that we collect through third parties. And also the consumer gives us some signals themselves directly and we verify it all. And so if, you know, you don't qualify for, you know, fiat, dirty fiat money, then they'll loan you some bad coin. That's very nice at very good, reasonable rates. <laughs> so that's great. So um, one of the things we like to know is, you know, why did you decide to create this? What is the the sort of uh, emotional tie behind uh, wanting to build this this uh, this project? Sure. So we operate. It's got, the, this project will stand alongside a longstanding business called LeadPoint. Since been around since two thousand and five. It was what LeadPoint. LeadPoint. LeadPoint.com. Okay. Is the name of the company, and so we facilitate over three million mortgage transactions on an annual basis. And so we're already seeing the flow of lending to consumers. We also facilitate personal loans, credit cards, things of that nature. So we're seeing a lot of engagement between consumers and lenders, large banks to smaller scale lenders. And we're in the middle of those transactions. And that's where we see the opportunity to start to enhance those transactions by creating efficiency for both the consumer and for the lender. That's the genesis of the universal credit profile. And in the not too distant future, you're going to have a token um, and do an ICO around this. I'm not sure how much you can talk about this yet, but why don't you tell us what you can? We're, we're uncertain if that's the trajectory we'll go on or not. We're going to start out by providing great utility to the, to our users with a token that would exist for consumers to be able to access that credit profile and to provide lenders to be able, the ability to be able to access that credit profile also. Um, that'll be step one for us. And we'll look to hit that mark this year. Very nice. So it is also when you're trying to figure out the credit worthiness of someone, your, your credit score, your taxes. What about like Joel's clout score or how many followers he has on the Twitters? 
Signals, they're all signals that come in to the credibility of a consumer. You know, it doesn't need to be limited to traditional thinking. It's it's a great point. Yeah. We do have a lot of things under our roof and our algorithms that exist already that do hit on social signals and understanding a consumer. It's all about a consumer's propensity to repay a loan that we're trying to understand. And social does play a part. It's like, oh, how many crypto gains does he have? Oh, wow. <laughs> well. We should borrow against that. So would you say that was a really good question? I would say it ended up being one. Point Travis Wright. Well, well done on that. He's on fire. I don't know that my cloud score would really be a good signal, though. You, know, you have a Wikipedia for, page. I do have a Wikipedia page. Uh, what does that get me? A point oh five, you know, on my my it takes your credit score from like a six fifty five to like a six fifty seven. You know, I just uh, so I use credit karma, you know, to track stuff like a lot of people do. And I just got a notification that, oh, you closed out a loan. Your credit score went down. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense, but that's the way it works, isn't it? Yeah, we actually operate MoneyTips.com, which is a competitor to Credit Karma. Your credit score does vary based on how much you've borrowed against your actual credit lines. You're actually better served having more credit cards with less use on them. Your credit card will go up. A lot of people don't know this. Pay your credit cards earlier than when they're due, and your credit score will pop up to 100 points. Get out. That's the way it works. Seriously, like right now, one of my credit cards, I am, I am, my balance is negative $30. So that will probably look good, huh? That'll look great. That'll like, look oh great. my God, he is like, he's got less money. He's got more money than we even offer him. Yeah. They measure what they're measuring actually in that is how much credit you have available. If you have 50,000 of credit and how much of it you are actually using. And so based on if you pay it off monthly, based on when you mm -hmm. pay it and based on when they report it into the credit bureaus, Get that payment in earlier, get it down closer to zero. It's never zero because you're always using it. And then your score will pop. Oh, that's pretty interesting. Now, there's been a lot of people talking about, you know, even doing, it seems risky to me, but some of the people who have done it is they've got a second mortgage on their home and they bought the cryptos, you know, and like some people are like, oh, I've got, I took $200,000 out of my house and I bought a bunch of Bitcoin at three grand. And, you know, it's like, it's been crazy how people are doing that. So, you know, is that, is that a negative that you guys would say, eh, that was kind of a dumb move or now you have all this crypto assets or what? I'm not here to give financial advice to anyone, oh. but if someone's making some cash, you know, off of, off of things, good for them. God bless them. Mm -hmm. Do you think we should give financial advice? I don't know. We, we I don't think we probably should. I don't think we should because we are not. We are not financial, financial advisors. advisors. <laughs> uh, Mark Diana, primechain.com and uh, good luck with continuing to change the world and, and helping consumers uh, in your business. Perfect. Thank you for having me today, guys. That's awesome. And where can people connect with you on the intertubes? So on YouTube's come to primechain.com sites up, you know, and drop your email in there and we'll keep in touch with you. You got a community growing just starting out in the community side. So okay. telegraph will be over there with uh, my buddy Mark doing the marketing. So we're running Excellent. right on. Shout out to Mark Fidelman rock and roll. Stay bad. People in this ICO space need help if they're going to do an ICO, right? If you just go out there on your own and try to initial coin or token offering, you're going to be like, ah! Yeah, there are a whole lot of things that you don't even realize that you got to do to make sure that you are all legit so you don't have people in black suits knocking on your doors. You don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't you know, don't. so you need to know things you don't know. And our guest here um, knows, which he is knows. good. He says he knows. We've not fully vetted him. His name is Christian Ferry. Well, we, he's he's partially vetted. <laughs> he's partially I mean, vetted. He's we're here. sitting with him. It was, it's true. He looks okay. We are at, at Crypto oh. HQ, and he's here, too. He looks oh. clean, well-dressed. Yeah. He's got nice yeah. glasses. Yeah. yeah. Showered this morning. It's good. <laughs> we're glasses he, brethren. Uh, right yeah. He helps advise, invest, and trains people about um, helping them with their ICOs. He's with Blockstar. The website is block-star.com. 
Pay you now. You're, You're a block, block star. star. Time for an interview. <laughs> I like that. Go crypto <laughs> on ICO. What's going on, man? Oh, it's good, man. It's good. It's good. All What's that ICOs is not go old. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Some of them are not. Some of them are not. Well, you know, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. They, are you sure? Uh, <laughs> oh, for now. I think you're regretting <laughs> it now. You, I see like right. a slight tear of regret. Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, tell us a little bit uh, more about what you do. Yeah, sure. So Blockstar is is an advisory and investment firm. What we do is help people understand a little bit more about the ICO process. There's a lot of misinformations out there about how you know raise funds through an ICO methodologies, and a lot of this misinformations can lead to bad things. I think uh, you, Travis, you're referring to you know uh, guys in a black suit knocking on your door. Um, and I think <laughs> open up. It's me, the SEC. <laughs> it's Dave, man. It's Dave, I yeah. got the stuff. Dave's yeah. not here. And I think you know, right now we're at the very early beginning. There's no very much, you know, a regulatory framework uh, set up. So everybody's kind of trying to kind of figure things out. And because of that, there's a lot of bad things that might happen in the future. You've seen what happened in the internet days. Ninety-five people were, you know, selling credit cards information, customer information left or right. There was no privacy policy enacted whatsoever. And then finally, you know, regulations caught up with them three years later and made that regulation retroactive. So a lot of people end up either in jail or fined or so forth. There so was we'll, no can spam because <laughs> you, you could spam. Yeah, you can now say you, that. you can't. Yeah. But they do. But it's called can spam, but it should be can't spam. Right. Or shouldn't spam. No, or don't spam. spam. Or both. <laughs> yes. And, and so, you know, what we're trying to avoid with, you know, what we're trying to do with Blockstar is to kind of make sure that people avoid kind of falling down the, those traps. There are a lot of things that you have to do on your ICO from a regulatory standpoint, from a logistical standpoint, from a process standpoint. So if you want to make sure that you raise your funds in a proper way, in a legal way, in a good way, you're successful, um, you have to know how to do that. And that's, that's what we do. And how have you learned how to do all of that? Well, you know, I've been in the space for some time. And, you know, I think it's, you know, I'm no smarter than the average guy. But, you know, I had the experience and the opportunity to kind of work early on with some, some of the pioneers in the space. And these people taught me how, you know, the rules of the games and the things to do and not to do and the best practices. Mm. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm basically trying to kind of share with, with people and community that want to do the same thing, how to do that in right a on. best way. You're probably smarter than me. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm a blockchain blockhead. That's true. What, Thanks, what, are, what are some of the no. things that you advise ICOs on? Like, what are some of the, I mean, because there's a lot of people who are listening to our show who are like, oh my God, I'm going to do, you know, this coin. And what, what are some things that you might share with them to, or for to have them think about while they're beginning to plan their ICO? Well, the first advice that I, that I always give to people is just stop. Stop right there, right? Don't just get, don't, don't just get FOMO'd into doing an ICO. Right. Everybody is doing an ICO today. Back in the 90s, people used to say, hey, what are you doing? Oh, I'm starting a company. Now you, you talk to somebody who goes, oh, what are you doing? I'm doing an ICO. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's almost like we're not creating companies anymore. It's all like a fundraising mechanism. We're, we're, we're here to make a buck or raise money. Right? So the first thing... No that, big deal. I'm just trying to raise $30, $40 million <laughs> yeah. for my you know, thing. Right, right. Just like that. Um, and, and so, and so uh, I'm a believer that you, know, you do things, actions should be suited to the purpose that you have, should follow the purpose that you have. So stop right there and figure out what is the purpose that we're trying to do. Are you trying to build a business? Are you trying to make a buck? Right? If you're trying to build a business, you shouldn't start thinking about the coin right now. Right? We, as a block star, we also help people, um, not just from an ICO standpoint, but also help people see how they can actually make the coin fit their business and help them create a business that is tokenizable, if you will. Right? If you have to think about imagine it as a pyramid. You have three main blocks on top of this. It's a Ponzi scheme. Uh-oh. Right. The first block is business. Everything starts like that, right? You start with a business. That's the core of what you're building. So you should be really thinking about 
the dynamic, the business dynamics, right? So FCF, free cash flow, or unique value proposition, break even, messaging, positioning, ROI, and those kind of things. So product market fit. Right? In a regular startups, you know, you think about how a product can solve a problem. Right? On top of that, you have the tokenization model. Now you start thinking, okay, I have a business, how can I enable it and make it grow with a token and raise funds through that? Right? So there are all different token models that you can have. You can have an incentive structure, you can have um, you know, set up, you can have a model that basically create a, you know, a benefit for the community, right? Uh, so you have a profit and no profit model to it. Uh, and there's 50 plus token models that exist nowadays. They're actually writing a book uh, on it. It's going to come out this year on token models and ICOs, an ICO playbook. And so that's the second step, tokenization model. And the last block is compliance. So how do you make sure that your business and your token model comply with the jurisdictions that you are residing in, number one, but you're also selling the token into, right? So these are the three pillars that I developed that I, that I see working, right? Start with the business, enable it with a token, but make sure that you comply with the right laws. And then you work with your clients to make sure that they're tackling all of this properly. So if an ICO is in order, they do it right. Yeah, absolutely. Good plan. Christian Ferry from Blockstar. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, everyone. for Dude, you're a total Blockstar, man. <laughs> Love it. He's never heard that before. Yeah. Magical. Internet money. We're Blockstars, too. Check a bow. <laughs> Love that. Thanks, guys. We're meeting so many interesting people at this um, Crypto HQ in Davos, and a gentleman just sat down next to us and started saying things that my mind couldn't keep up with. That's most things, though, right? Right. I, I was confused. And, and then his, his partner in this project sat down, and it began making a little bit more sense. So uh, it, it, and it's not that, um, well, it's that we're bad. That is true. That is true. Is. That's why we're here. It's a bad crypto podcast. So the, the gentleman who, who I didn't understand because I think he's too smart for me, is John Vogt. And John is not going to say anything because he confused me. No, but, uh, but Patrick... You be- say hello. <laughs> yes, hello. Okay, that's it. I understood that. Uh, but Patrick Belay is here with Doc Swiss. It's docswiss.ch. And uh, he, they're working on something that he's going to explain. So welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast. Hey, welcome. It's great to be here with you, Joel. <laughs> And, uh, Tell us what you guys are up to in the healthcare industry. Uh, so yeah, we're we're have a new uh, healthcare solution. Uh, part of it is a uh, blockchain, which is at the at the center. We're focused on Europe. So Europe, of course, everything becomes a bit more 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 complicated. Uh, we have new regulation that's coming into play this this May. The G GDPR, it's a data protection regulation. Within it, you have the uh, right to be forgotten and so forth. All the data has to be, be, be traceable. It's not just the EU regulation. It's also from country to country going to be, going to be different. Um, we have the only uh, blockchain solution, solution for the healthcare care industry that takes this part into account. On the other side, was also makes um, Europe or the EU a uh, special playing field. Uh, for us is um, also how the data is handled afterwards. Where is it stored? Um, for all the EU countries, for them, it's an absolute no-go to be working with U.S. companies to having a, a cloud Is it cloud because our data system is storage. such a mess or what? No, it's more because of security. They don't trust, mm-hmm. trust to have an American or the American uh, government, American co- uh, company handling the actually the most 
important vital information. Yeah, the, we have a, we, it's got to be HIPAA compliant, right? So in 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 the in the EU, you have to be compliant to the GDPR for all data for all consumers and whatnot. And in America, it's really stringent around healthcare for what we call HIPAA. So how does that work? Are you guys compliant in America for for HIPAA? Is that going to work as well? As well, uh, in in the states as well. Though we are uh, uh, clearly now in the beginning focusing on the EU. Uh, because uh, yeah, there's a lot of players that actually do are HIPAA compliant in the in the, the U.S., but not vice versa. And so yeah, that's where um, uh, we really have an advantage to anyone or are way ahead of of others. Uh, what also is playing into our cards is, of course, that already in May, it's less than five months from now. Mm, yeah, uh, companies have to be compliant to it. Uh, there's huge fines uh, waiting uh, for companies who aren't aren't be it hospitals. Uh, insurance companies, so forth. Are, are you building then a uh, platform or a token around this? To what, how does this work? We've built a um, a platform around it, which we might tokenize as well, and uh, we then uh, have a different, depending on EU country, of different processes to comply with with the regulations, different way of using the platform or how, how you uh, enter the data, uh, et cetera, how the process goes if a, a citizen asks to have all of their data retrieved. Um, that varies them from, from, from country as, to country as well. Then um, uh, what is also key is the, the quality of data. So the whole, the beginning of it, how is the, is the data sourced? That's where we also have a one uh, one player in our consortium that uh, has uh, all the data on, for example, um, uh, medical devices. So that, uh, you know, for example, a, therm- th- a thermostat might not be the same, uh, take exactly the same same temperature as the other. Uh, so how you source the da- data will then be important to be able to actually work with it and, c- and compare, compare uh, data. Very nice. So people can connect with you. It's docswiss.ch. Docswiss.ch or docswiss.net. You'll get to the same place. Right on. Is there, where are you guys growing your community? We're, we're based in Switzerland. as our headquarters in Zurich, but uh, uh, growing our community globally. You know, using Telegram or Twitter or is there any places that people connect with you? Um, we, uh, Twitter um, uh, and uh, Telegram as well. Perfect. Yep. Travis, you have the right to be forgotten. Uh, that's good. <laughs> Travis right? Forget- you know, I'm, I'm easily forgettable. Travis who? No, Travis you're, what? you are so not forgettable. That's true. Let's that just leave true. it at that. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Excellent. Thanks. Best of luck, Thanks, guys. guys. Thank you. Bloomberg is one of the biggest resources for news in the business community, isn't it, Travis? Yes, it is. I mean, if you go to that site, they have all types of, you know, stocks and bonds and all this other stuff that's going on and news that's pertaining to that particular particular industry that they're talking about. They have different analysts that are doing research on various different things. So it's a pretty definitive financial resource, right? But it's a trusted uh, source, but it is a centralized, centralized source, right? Could be fake news. It could be fake news. And so if somebody could come along with a blockchain solution that would decentralize that and provide trusted information that we know it's not fake news, then that would be useful, wouldn't it? That sounds like that would be useful. Well, as chance would have it, <laughs> sitting next to us right now are uh, the co-found- the founder and the co-founder of Novum Insights. The website is novuminsights.com. That's spelled N-O-V-U-M. And you could figure out the insights part by yourselves. 
Their name is names are Toby Lewis and Brenda Gonzalo. Welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast. Hi. Great to be on the show. Yes, thank you. Glad that you're here. So tell us a little bit about why this is being invented. Is it because of the centralization of Bloomberg that you're taking this on? In part, but I think I think the big thing is the cryptocurrency markets in general and the ICO markets in general, they're like the Wild West, right? So the big issue for us is is we're looking to help investors and large corporations tame that Wild West and get rid of all the scam yeah. and the insider trading, <laughs> get the good data in, basically. Yeah. Get them up, move them out, roll hard. Yeah, that's good. So shouldn't it be head them out, move them out, know them. That's true. Mo, 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 that's good. I, I don't remember the show. I'm not that old to watch Rawhide. So. No, Novum. It's Novum. That's yeah, true. But they used to say Rawhide. You see, you're old. You know. I know. That's good. So, so um, you guys are doing analysis on cryptocurrency stuff, and you guys are creating news around this. How, how exactly? How exactly is that working? Yeah, it's working very well. So, what we've done is we've taken a big data approach. So, we've mapped like more than two thousand ICOs that we've tracked using crawlers. 2,000 other blockchain startups because we really want to deeply understand the space. And then we, we get our analysts to look at individual ones that we like. And then over time, what we're doing, is, which we think is a real game changer, is we're kind of eating our own cooking and doing our own ICO. So we're at the moment looking into a Novum coin, which will provide basically people access to our platform. So they get subscriptions to the Novum coin, effectively buy a few coins. Over time, you can imagine a year from now, you're picking up a few of these coins, diving in, getting in all the best insights, getting like technical analysis, fundamental analysis, and making that trade with an informed decision, not buying any of this rubbish like BitConnect. We're going to get Novum-fied. Novum-fied? Yeah, it's a word. No, no, va is no go in Spanish. Yeah, well, but no, no bum. What is no, no bum? Yeah, what does that? What does that mean? Can, let's hear no from Brenda. Novum. Yeah. It's Latin. That means new. New. Oh, new. Yeah. Novum. Yeah. Uh-huh. So these are new insights. Exactly. Oh, in, a, in a new space. Yes. So you're the uh, the CMO of Novum Insights, and how, what is the um, what are you going to be telling the public that differentiates your service from the others? Novum Insights, we are working very hard, yes, on blockchain. So we have the most things that's about it. And all the companies, they don't. They just have a view a bit about crypto, but they don't really know about that. And we know the people, we know the teams, we know what is behind all of this. So this is something new that's not being done. Uh, you know, uh, the, the goal is to have an innovation in the marketplace. Yeah, that's great. You guys are having you guys are having your own coin, and uh, that maybe you're not you have decided if you're going to do the coin. Yeah. Um, so well, actually, we're we're in the draft white paper stage. We've got advisors. We've actually got like some of the top in, uh, advisors in the industry who are also investing in us. So we've got like Ishmael Malik, who runs like ICO Crowd blockchain lab he's been around this space in london moving around very fast and he came and went i really want you to do an ico and just do it now so we're drafting our white paper and he said he'd invest in advisor Mm -hmm. in this trip to switzerland we've we've had a lot of interest from the swiss here and international investors we've also got like really kind of top name advisors so thomas carruthers 
who was like a really big name in dot com has come on to uh, to advise us and is is he basically sees huge parallels between what's happening now and when he was in dot com so thomas um, grew interactive investor into the UK's second biggest stockbroker. And he's so fascinated by what we're doing in the information space that he's spending quite a lot of his time kind of effectively talking about us around the city of London. Mm-hmm. But we've, we've also got other top investors. So, so like um, Stefan Gabriel, who's like one of Europe's best corporate venture capitalists. Well, that's great. Who set up great. 3M New Venture. All right on. So let me ask this. Is... Is this all just analyst based, or do you have technology? Or you guys use? Because I remember there's some stuff about AI and things. Yeah, yeah. So how far along is the technology? If you want to briefly let us know as we're yeah, wrapping this yeah. up. So our technology is an MVP, and we've set up early data crawlers to track it. At the moment, we've got like a um, a really tech top technologist coming on as an advisor to the CEO. Um, and we're due diligencing like the best engineers in Python and front end. So All we've the got. Best. It, it, it's going to be huge. Yeah. It's going to be huge. It's going to well, be awesome. We uh, we wish you the best of luck. Yeah. And uh, Toby Lewis and Brenda Gonzalo yeah. with Novum Insights. Thanks yeah. again for joining us. Very cool. And we're in the Alpine Lounge here in Davos at the Crypto HQ and sitting down with some fascinating people. Travis, I, I am continually amazed at the different projects that are being blockchained. And what do you think of putting art on the blockchain? Well, I mean, that's something that makes a whole lot of sense because you want to make sure that that's an authentic piece of, of artwork, right? Like how many people have been sold fake Monets or fake Picassos or something over I time? bought one last week. You did? How yeah. was it? Was fake it pretty Monet. sweet? Monet, yeah. Is it in the colors of bad crypto, I it was, hope? It was hashtag fake Monet. <laughs> <laughs> well, nice. we're sitting with two gentlemen that are doing something really unique in the space. Uh, Mr. Sam B. is an artist uh, and not just any kind of artist he's working and i i've always failed i didn't even know the correct correct pronunciation of this until just now i always thought it was swarovski art but uh sam welcome to the show and maybe you can help me pronounce this correctly hi yes i'm sam b um it's actually swarovski 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 i think it just kind of rolls off my tongue now so it's um pretty easy but yeah i create um art using swarovski swarovski crystals and um Everything I do is hand-placed using the crystals, um, from pop artists to iconic figures. I really like to celebrate, you know, people that have made some sort of impact in this world, you know. And um, the journey's just begun, and Swarovski took on board what I was doing and said, we'd like to partner up with you as a brand partner, certify the work. And um, what's happening now is that I'll get hologram stickers on each piece with a unique 16-digit code. So each customer can look, log on to Swarovski's website using the 16-digit code. They can check the authenticity of the artwork itself. So you know that what you're getting is the real deal. That's cool. And we saw pictures of some of the, the art included, you know, prints, you know, classics. And I'm thinking you said the journey's just begun, so it made me think you should do a journey, you know, the rock band journey. Or right? maybe you should do a bad crypto logo. Maybe should, that would look crypto. awesome. That would be an awesome idea. <laughs> well, well, along with Sam B is, is Adam Sargent. And Adam, uh, you can tell us a little bit about how this is going to operate on the blockchain. 
Absolutely. Um, well, uh, last May, as part of one of our road shows, we met uh, the co-founder of, of Dragon uh, Coin, which was Paul Moynan. He was uh, an art uh, collector and investor through uh, one of our artists, Brian Travers, who is the uh, saxophone player of UB40. Six of the UB40 guys met at art school, uh, and after a successful career of selling uh, 110 million records worldwide, they've now uh, decided to release his skills in the art world. A little red, red wine. <laughs> I just knew that was going to be the yeah, song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the most popular red, one. Red, red lines when the crypto goes down. That's it. Yeah. Right. The question but, is, do you know another one? Um, no. No. <laughs> not not offhand. Okay. They, they, didn't they do um, a version of uh, Can't Help Falling in Love with You? Tra- um, Elvis' song, though. yeah. Great. Okay, yeah. I, I, I win. Grammy, good job, Grammy good job Award. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and what we, obviously with Paul's uh, mind and his sort of involvement with crypto and blockchain, uh, we're really sort of looking at art as a, as a sort of bedfellow for that, not only to do with the inter- intellectual copyright aspect, but also uh, the fact now that um, really to be the pioneers of, of um, the cryptocurrency art game. So uh, that's something that we're discussing at the moment and uh, hopefully we'll reveal more within the forthcoming months. Right on. So when, so when do you think the technology will be fully rolled out and ready to go? Certainly within 2018. I, I, would, I, would, I would hope the summer of 2018. Right on. Right on. And where can people learn more about what it is you guys are doing? Well, you can go into our, our, we, our website uh, and follow us on Brian Travers Art Studio, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we'll be putting some uh, pieces together really after uh, the Davos events. So uh, we'll do a storyboard so, to let people know what's going on. Excellent. I thought you also mentioned there's another musician that people might know that's involved with the project, another so classic band. Tell us yeah. about him. Uh, we've got John Ilsley, who um, is the uh, is sort of the, the, uh, the, the unknown star of Dire Straits. He's the bass player. He's not but, unknown. I, I grew up listening to that. I remember on the radio when Sultans of Swing came out, which was, of course, their first big breakthrough. So, yeah, no, I know John's name. Are you going to sing that one as well? No. (laughs) No, no, no. But but I might sing uh, Romeo and Juliet, which is another classic. Crypto for nothing and your chicks for free. (laughs) There you go. So, uh, shout out to the crypto chicks of Bad Crypto. Oh, yeah. yeah. But we did a, a musical uh, Masters show in, in London in November, which was San B, Brian Travers of UB40, and John of Dire Straits. I think, again, the, the provenance of their individual stories. And uh, John paints, uh, again, in a lovely abstract way, does some fantastic abstract guitars, which are really popular. And so, yeah, it is a sort of uh, a music show art roadshow so uh yeah very subjective you, you know uh, music and art and uh we've met some great people along the way great okay, one final thing uh san what what is your what is your website and how can people connect with you directly right the website is www.sanbyartbysanby.com sanby art by sanby s-a-n letter b.com and you're also at your twitter handle Art by Sanby and Instagram and all the stuff. So all the social medias is Art by Sanby. You can find me mainly on Instagram where you'd see a lot of my work on a daily basis. Excellent. Great stuff. Thanks, gentlemen. Appreciate having you on the show and good luck with your project. And best of luck, guys. You know, we've been here for several days and so many. There was all this snow to begin with. And then the sun came out and we've walked up and down you know, the main street here in town, but we really haven't seen anything other than the scenic view. Um, I've seen lots of snow. Yeah. 
Big snowflakes. Huge. I've not seen any snowflakes. I I guarantee you've never seen snowflakes bigger than these. (laughs) In fact, there is a snowbank along the side of the road that last night you wrote bad crypto into the snowbank. Yeah. And we drove by it this morning. You totally see it. Big letters. Also, actually, Trump uh, is here today. He is. Davos, yeah. Yeah. By the time you guys hear it, he'll be gone. Yeah, he'll probably be gone. And uh, we, we probably won't get to see him. Yeah, Trump, Trump, we're really low on the uh, Trump importance rate. How are we not on the agenda? We're bad crypto. Right. We're, we, we have a huge audience. <laughs> really bad. But this this episode was great. I mean, we talked to so many amazing people, and there are so many. You know what? It seemed like at Davos this year, crypto and blockchain is really coming of age, and all of the peoples who are here, the important peoples, they're talking about it. They're thinking about it. This is a, this is a topic that uh, seems to be gaining more uh, influence and gaining more importance and gaining more legitimacy. And you know, we've talked to some super amazing, brilliant people here that are doing great projects, and that's just a just a small sample of what's going on and coming up in 2018. You guys, this is this is gonna be a ride. We're on the cutting edge, and you Ow. guys are. Jeez, the cutting edge hurts. Oh, I'm like what the hell is that? I sliced myself on the cutting edge. <laughs> I thought like something actually happened. Like I'm like, what? What's wrong? What's the cutting edge? <laughs> it's not that funny, Joel. No, I'm just sitting here thinking like you you had something actually like some you know you got stung by a bee or yeah. something here in yeah, the there's snow. There's a bee here. You know? There's a bee here in the snow. Davos bee. <laughs> so. What do you say we uh, put down the microphones and go check out the town a little bit? Let's do that. And you know what? Over the next few episodes, you guys, you guys are going to be on for a treat. We have a bunch of features set up. So we had some ICO spotlights here. We had some features. We had a, a really great conversation with a guy from Securency and talking about uh, tokens uh, for utility versus the, you know, the SEC token type stuff, um, the securities. We've had some a great conversation with John Weiss, who was the yeah. CEO of Loki, where he's really talking about how the culture of Win Moon and Win Lambo are you know wrong and how a lot of these icos need to be stronger with their business sense and speaking of icos we've got the guy from ico rating.com we have that the guy from ICO rating, feature yeah. so much great we, content we also chatted with the uh the guys from xp uh which was a great call so we, we have a lot of great interviews and a lot of great stuff coming up and uh, mr joel com what's next on the agenda for you you're going to be heading out somewhere interesting yeah i am i'm heading to well i'm heading home to denver to recoup for a few days and then i'm off to chile and I'm going to be doing um, both a keynote and then kind of a, a panel leading for Enel Energy, multi-billion-dollar international energy company. And I'm going to be at the focus on Enel in Santiago de Chile, and maybe uh, talking about blockchain and the crypto. Talking about blockchain and the future of uh, energy on blockchain. That's great. That's what we do, folks. If you guys need somebody who knows a little something about it, we're bad, so we, we can totally come and and. Uh, do what we do all right let's go have some hot chocolate i'm gonna spike mine i think i need to have a little peppermint schnapps maybe some spiked coffee i don't even drink coffee if maybe we just, hit the streets will you just... yodel let's do it we're out of here stay bad who's bad the bad crypto podcast is a production of bad crypto llc the content of the show the videos and the website is provided for educational informational and entertainment purposes only it's not intended to be and does not constitute financial investment or trading advice of any kind you shouldn't make any decisions as to finances investing trading or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor please understand that the trading of bitcoins 
and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor. Her Majesty's a pretty nice girl, but she doesn't have a lot to say. Her Majesty's a pretty nice girl, but it changes from day to day. I want to tell her that I love her a lot, but I gotta get a belly full of wine. Her Majesty's a pretty nice girl, someday I'm gonna make her mine, oh yeah. Someday I'm gonna make her mine, though.